0: Welcome to the Sparked Podcast, a place to keep your spark bright. Here I've brought together my most powerful tips from the last decade plus partnering with small businesses on all things leadership, mindset, people and culture. Here My Approach combines intuitive psychology, strategy, neuroscience and results-based coaching to unlock your highest potential. Step into your power and truly own your role as a leader so that you can spread the positive impacts of your purpose-led work everywhere. My name is Emma Campbell, I'm a mindset and performance coach for purpose-led leaders. I'm a mama to two cheeky little munchkins, I'm a wine appreciator, nature obsessed, stubbornly optimistic child at heart and I'm here to inspire belief in what's possible for you because it is all so possible. I hope that this podcast leaves you feeling lighter, more inspired and more ready than ever to go out there and take actions on your big dreams and vision. I can't wait to dig in, see you in the podcast. Good morning. I am so happy to be here. Happy Tuesday. I hope you're having an absolutely incredible day and really really excited today to talk to you about a topic that's been coming up as a big question for a lot of clients lately and that is around how to hold on to your good people and the i guess the challenge and the difficulty that comes from having to let go of really good people and the um, the soul destroying feeling that can occur as well as the financial impact as well as oh my gosh all of the other um, the negative impacts that that can occur when you lose someone really good from your team and particularly if this is happening a bit for you if you're an employer um, a business owner if you're losing good people from your team gosh it can just really mess up your entire flow your entire business and you know the impacts that that has on the rest of your team um you know not to mention yourself as well in terms of like when you don't have that person to do that particular work who gets thrown that work you know often it's your um your longer standing employees um, who have to then do their role as well as the other person's role. All that work comes onto you and you're trying to run a business, get things done while still trying to manage all of this extra workload. And the flow on effect that occurs with that is, you know, quite, quite intangible in terms of like, it's, it's quite hard to put an exact dollar figure on what the cost of that is for your business. But if it's happening over and over, the impact that that extra work can have on the rest of your team, not to mention yourself, and, you know, feeling overworked and burnt out, and then the flow on effect that those feelings have on all the other team members who are also trying to get their roles done, not to mention your customers and clients, it's it can be a really massive snowball. So today I wanted to talk to you about like why people leave and why people stay and ultimately to remind you that at the end of the day, it's a big human psychology game, the game of employees and team engagement, Um, and people in your business. It really, all comes down to the fact that you are managing human beings and that at the end of the day, human beings are a big bunch of psychology related, um, you know, strategies within their minds. So we really have to like talk to the the strategy, sorry, the psychology behind people and, and address their needs in that way. So, um, yeah, just just want to really acknowledge how frustrating it can be when you invest so much time and energy into training someone new up, and you know, getting them up to speed, and you know, putting them through the recruitment process and assessment, and introducing them to the team, and um, putting them through your onboarding process, training them up, you know, spending lots of time, you know, educating them on, on the, the way of your business, you know, the processes, the systems, the values, the philosophy, all of the things, and you know, the hope and the heart and the faith that you put in them, that they'll stay only to find that, I don't know, a few months, six months down the line, whatever it is that they, that they find another job. That they that they hand in their notice or they hand in their resignation letter and let let you know that they're off, that that in itself can just be such a blow, um and be really really impacting in in so many ways beyond beyond just the emotional impact that that can have when you have to say goodbye to someone. Um, you know one of the one of the stats out there actually shows that the cost of replacing an employee can be anywhere between 16% and 213% of their annual salary, like depending on what their role level is. And that's like, if you think about when you take into account the lost time in terms of productivity, as well as like the costs around recruitment and assessment and then the time taken in your salary and the rest of other employees' salary to retrain them, um, and the impact on morale and your culture, and then the onboarding time and costs and the training time, the you know, the the time or the impact on customers and clients, and like also like the lost knowledge. It when you start really like think seeing all those different elements that play a part whenever someone leaves it does start to make sense that that you know those numbers can be so high so like just to put that into into tangible terms like an uh, an employee with an 80 grand salary if you lose them it's likely to cost somewhere between 40k and 150k ish for, for that level of employee to replace them between 40k and 150k. And if that's happening multiple times a year, it's a lot of money that's lost, not to mention all the other intangible impacts on like your reputation as an employer and all those sort of things. So that's why this is a really, really important topic to talk to you about. So. Um, The good news is that there's a few things that you can do really simply and easily to really quickly turn, turn your turnover around and increase retention. Um, And if you want to figure out your retention rate, by the way, um, all you need to do is choose a period, whether it's like six months, 12 months, whatever, I'd usually recommend with 12 months and then divide the number of employees who stayed during that year period by the number of employees on the first day of the given period, and then multiply that by a hundred. So you basically just want to divide the number of employees who stayed during, during that 12 months by the number of employees on the first day of the given period. So that's what will give you your retention rate. And, There's a couple of other like really good things to know, like quick wins that you can can find around retention. And one of those is around offering remote work. Uh, There's there's a stat to show that companies who provided the option for remote work have 25% less turnover. And also offering consistent praise, recognition and acknowledgement. Improves turnover by 31% as well, which is awesome to know. So just doing those two things is like instantly gonna have a big turnover of um, Like praising and recognizing and acknowledging your team members as well as offering remote work opportunities If you can do those two things you've already today Improved your attention and decreased your likelihood of turnover. So isn't that fantastic news after all of that? um those depressing stats that I gave you before. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about retention and the psychology behind the humans, the beautiful humans in your workplace, because why do they leave? Why, why do they go? What's going on for them that causes them to take a job in another company? So the first thing to know, it's important to remember that people are motivated by different things. So we are different humans at the end of the day. While we do have a lot of similarities, and those similarities are the things that I'm going to talk about in a second, like we've all got a lot of very similar human needs or like psycho- psychological needs, um, we also are motivated by different, I guess, guess different ratios of those needs or those needs are different for each person. So say, for example, um, some people are really, really money driven um, and money is really, really important to them or status um, and having a job that like looks really good on their CV or a role title that sounds really good Um, or leadership roles or whatever, that's really important to them. Then you might have other employees who the relationships in the workplace are most important to them and they just want to really feel like they belong, like they're connected, like they're part of a team, like that's really important to them. You might have other employees who are really driven by contribution and purpose and meaning, um, and who really want to feel like they're making a difference and doing work that matters. So the first thing that you need to do is know what motivates each of your employees. And there's two ways that you can do that. that. The first one is to ask them. (laughs) Just ask them the simple question, hey, tell me what matters most to you when it comes to work. Like what's most important to you? What motivates you? Um, Like, what do you care most about when at the end of the day, when it comes to your work? Um, But and and I guess like asking them that question, but also remembering that not all of us actually have full self-awareness around what motivates us really is like easily accessible self-awareness. Some of us know, depending on how self-aware we are or how much personal development work we might have done, or whether we've worked with a coach or a psychologist or whatever. So if your employee doesn't really know, then that's okay that you um, you know don't be surprised by that. If they don't know, and there's a good chance that even if they do know, they probably don't know the heart of what motivates them particularly at a particular conscious level. So if they don't know, then you want to do you want to do an Enneagram quiz with them, and I'm going to drop the link below um, on how you can do like a free Enneagram survey with them. Basically, an Enneagram survey is um, it's a quick five minute personality survey which reveals what motivates you, like unconsciously deep at your core, and it's linked to the psychology behind and our, our different needs in life. Um, and it will reveal what each of your employees is motivated by, like number one at their core. Um, so if they don't know the answer to that question, then that's what you'd really want to do with them. So yeah, that's called an Enneagram survey and I'll drop the link below. Because yeah, often we don't know what fulfills us and we don't know what fills us up up our cup and we don't know what's most important to us, we might be be able to like say certain things out loud like, oh, I'm really motivated by, you know, career growth and advancement or whatever. Um, But really at the heart of it, if you really tapped into your unconscious needs in life, the number one thing for you is actually relationships. And if you don't have great friendships and relationships at work, then you're probably likely to leave that job really quickly. So it's important to understand what is truly motivating you as opposed to what you think it is. (laughs) So um, there's, there's, oh my gosh, there's just like so much research and information behind motivation, like around intrinsic motivation. So what motivates you from the inside out versus extrinsic motivation being um, things that uh, like, I guess that you can see externally in the world. So extrinsic motivation examples might maybe being um, salary, status, promotions, um, you know, like leadership responsibility, all those kind of like outer visible things. They're, They're examples of extrinsic motivation. Intrinsic motivation is like usually more intangible or invisible. It's usually stuff that's going on on the inside. It might be things like how um how much meaning and purpose and you know um sense of direction and contribution that you might get from your work. It's like typically uh like things that motivate your heart. So there's like you know diff- there's theory around intrinsic and extrinsic motivation and then there's like Maslow's hierarchy of need which I'm sure a lot of you have already heard about which is linked to this guy called Herzberg's two-factor theory of motivation and if you can imagine Maslow's hierarchy of needs like with his you know, that pyramid or that triangle that he's got, like right down the bottom of the triangle, you've got your hygiene factors. So these are the things that every single employee in your workplace, they need to be able to have these things in place immediately when they first start. They're like the baseline needs. And that's like those basic work, working conditions (laughs) <laughs> sorry, the basic um, working conditions. They are the things like relationships, um, job security, like for example, right at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you're thinking about like those physiological like, or safety and security needs, how that would translate specifically through to an, in- through to an employee would be you know, do they have a contract in place that really specifically shows what their working conditions are and their salary and I don't know when they get a lunch break or um, their annual leave and all of those sorts of things. And then the next level up would be, you know, that sense of belonging and connection and love and that's where employees need to know that they've got good relationships and people that they can rely on in the workplace and after those kind of more hygiene needs then you've got your motivators so what hers like herzberg calls that these things motivators and they're things like your sense of achievement, so how much you actually feel like you're um, like achieving and ticking ticking things off and achieving goals and um, producing and progressing, and then they've also got recognition. So how much you actually being recognised and praised and acknowledged. Um, How much variety are you getting in your work? Like is every day kind of a bit different and interesting? How much responsibility are you getting in your work? How much advancement and growth opportunities? And then like right at the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I'm talking, talking about Maslow and Herzberg together because their needs kind of, and their theories kind of interlink a lot. They mirror each other and right at the top of Maslow's hierarchy, as well as sitting within Herzberg's motivators, is like how much fulfillment and meaning and purpose is your job giving you? So there's lots of different things to think about, right? Like working conditions, relationships, leadership, job security, compensation, status, achievement, recognition, variety responsibility advancement growth job fulfillment like gosh how how do you keep on track of where you're at with all of these things and how do you know how your team feels about all of these things right it's a lot of it's a lot of different areas to have to feel on top of when you as a leader or you as a manager, you as a business owner, you're probably, you know, just bloody trying to keep your head above water and keeping your business running. (laughs) How do you try and keep on top of all of these things at the same time? So if that's you, what I would recommend is rather than trying to like, address all of these things all at once do an engagement pulse check do an engagement pulse check so what what is an engagement pulse check basically it's like a super quick free five-minute pulse check that you can do with your team that'll give you like a super quick gauge on how you're going with these different areas because you might find that you're actually nailing a whole heap of them Um, So rather than like trying to improve all of them by doing an engagement pulse check, it'll give you a really like quick pulse check on which ones you're doing really well at and which ones need some work. So that when you do go to, you know, invest some time and energy on improving your, your overall engagement and your overall retention, you're actually working on the one that is going to have the greatest bang for your buck. Like you actually get to like pick the low hanging fruit um, and find a really like quick win rather than trying to do everything. And the good news is as well. So the research um, by the Gallup Institute shows that when engagement improves or engagement increases, it actually contributes to between 25 percent and 65 percent better retention so your employees are between 25 and 65 percent more likely to stay so when you've got an an engaged workforce they're much more likely to stay in their jobs for 25 to 65 percent longer which is really awesome and good news is that this month I'm offering to set up free engagement pulse checks for businesses as a trial. Um, So reach out to me. I'm at hello at emmacampbell.com.au. That's hello at emmacampbell.com.au. And I can set you up a free trial of an engagement pulse check. And you can just get a feel for where your engagement is, whether you want to keep sticking at it or not, and you can get like a really good chunk of data and insight and information about like how happy, engaged and fulfilled your workforce is, and you can know exactly where you need to focus. And the really good news is as well that if like as you improve your engagement, so as you track it and as you improve it, it drives the research shows 20% higher productivity and 20% higher profitability in your business. So it's totally worth tracking and optimizing because if you think about like, what would 20% higher productivity or 20% higher profitability do for your team and your business, right? Like that's a massive, a massive win. And essentially what the engagement survey will do is it'll it'll basically get like your team's perspective on how they feel all of these vital areas for your business are going in terms of their their own opinion and their own thoughts because there's no one better to ask right than the actual people who are experiencing this stuff day in day out. So they'll they'll basically rate, how strong they feel like your growth, career advancement, role clarity, meaning, purpose direction, leadership, communication, belonging, all of those all of those vital areas that drive retention and drive their motivation and their engagement, they'll rate those areas for you. So, <laughs> so you'll know where you need to focus. And if you're not doing an engagement survey, you really, really want to start. Like, I can't emphasize this enough. It's like doing a five-minute engagement pulse check with your team. Oh, my gosh. It's just like it's the minimum benchmark that you should be tracking as an employer in terms of your metrics, your KPIs. It's basically like your people metric that you should track regularly, really, at least quarterly, to... One, you know, figure out how happy and engaged your team is and, and, and help them stay in their jobs for longer and, um, you know, hold on to your good team members. But also it'll really help you get ahead and predict any issues before they become issues. So like your engagement pulse check basically becomes a platform for your team to have a voice. Of some sort so that they can share what's going on for them in an anonymous, um, you know, like a really easy platform before what's going on for them becomes a big issue. And it also means that you don't waste time yeah, on those areas that your employees are actually really happy with. (laughs) So you can actually focus on what's most important. Yeah. It's just so, so worth doing. Like, particularly if you remember that stat that I gave you before that losing one employee, like the cost to replace them can be anywhere between 40 grand and 150 grand. It's just like such a no brainer. Right. So that would be like my my first go to 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 help with retention strategies because engagement is directly linked to retention like if you've got an engaged workforce an engaged meaning um you know they're interested they're committed they um, they care about the work that they're doing. They're motivated by the work that they're doing. Like they're doing great work. Like if you've got an engaged workforce, you have got a retained workforce. Like engaged employees want to stay in their jobs. So if you track engagement, it's like the quickest, simplest, easiest way to hold on to your good team members and to figure out, you know, where, where you might need to be investing and focusing your time as an employer to, to keep your employees really happy and um, and fulfilled and engaged. So the question is like, with all of this information that I've given you, which might seem like a lot, when, when do you need to start with re- like retention strategies? When do you need to start focusing on career advancement? When do you need to start focusing on role clarity? When do you need to start focusing on making sure that your employees have a sense of meaning and purpose and direction and all the things? And my answer to that is from the start. It's not like, you know, after they've been in the job for 12 months, suddenly you start trying to retain them. (laughs) It's like you want to be focusing on retention strategies from the get-go like they want you should be making them part of your employee life cycle from the first moment that an employee encounters your workplace because employees make a decision about whether they want to stay in a job in the first 30 days in a row if not less so you know from the moment that you start Recruiting assessing or even marketing the job and um, you know putting a job ad out, you want to start talking about all of these different areas of your business that that drive for attention so you know usually in the first three months in a role if you've just brought someone on you you do have like a little bit of time that where the employees' focus will mainly be on their own development um, and their own learning. They'll be like really trying to get themselves up to speed to ensure that they can actually do their job. However, after those first three months, sometimes a little bit longer, give or take, depending on the employee, that's when they can start to feel like they start looking around and going, okay, cool. Like I know how to do the job now. Um, Now I've got these other needs that I really need met. So after that three months, that's when you'd really want to be thinking about like, have, have, am I meeting the needs of my employees? You know, thinking through Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like, okay, cool. I've ticked off survival and physiological needs. <laughs> I'm keeping them alive, um, you know, I'm giving them water and food and pay and, um, and you know, I've got a roof above their head in the, in the office. You know, I've ticked off the security needs, you know, they've got a contract in place, they know what their conditions are, um, they know what their job is, they know what to expect, cool. Belonging needs, yeah, okay, maybe I need to work on that bit a little bit more, like, do they have enough like strong connections and relationships here? Do they feel like they're part of the family? Do they feel like they're part of the team? Um, so that that's how you would want to start going through the process of, okay, cool. If they've met their belonging needs, then the next one is about that sense of importance and achievement. Like, oh, how much do they actually feel like they're growing and progressing and um you know really contributing in their role and and ticking things off and how much are they actually learning and growing and you know reaching their potential and how much are they feeling like they're getting to contribute um and experience a sensing a sense of meaning and purpose in their roles so yeah at a minimum at least 3 months in that's when you want to be thinking about these really important drivers of retention like those You know drivers of like growth advancement role clarity meaning purpose direction leadership and like manager relationship communication belonging recognition and you know remembering that at the end of the day even if you do none of these things that even just like the simple act of offering remote working opportunities that that immediately improves (laughs) retention. because at the end of the day it's it's a flexible work option right and at the heart of it as human beings we are all driven like right at the heart of it towards freedom like we all want a sense of control and ownership and autonomy over our lives. So the more flexibility and freedom options that you can offer your staff, the the happier that they'll be. And later down the line, like a lot of these retention strategies that I've talked about are applicable, you know, to maybe those first sort of like few years of employees in a job, knowing that like majority of employees these days, like the modern workforce, A lot of them won't stay longer than two or three years, because particularly like Gen Y and the younger generation, because they are just eager and excited to do all the things and try all the things. And as an employer, as frustrating as that is to say goodbye sometimes to employees after that time, just knowing that that's relatively normal. Um, Not everyone, of course, will leave, but um, majority Of team members will will be looking for that next best thing after that period of time but if you've got some real long standers that are high performers that you really want to hold on to and you want to keep them within your workplace forever (laughs) not forever but you know a long time um you know i'd be having chats with those team members about their life and their career vision you know if, if they've got one it's highly likely they do if they're high performers asking them the questions like where where do you see yourself in five years and where where are you hoping to be and where are you hoping to grow and like what's most important to you in your career where where do you want to get to and this this is called an aligning visions and dreams session where you understand where they want to be in five years and you also share your own business vision for where you want to be in five years and essentially you find ways to support each other in achieving your visions and goals Um, because maybe that employee really sees themselves as a leader within your organization or within the team um and if this is the case then it's really important that you know this so that you can be the one to offer them leadership training and and leadership training opportunities um or increased responsibility you know maybe they really love mentoring other staff you know you want to know that so that you can offer that you can be the one to offer them those opportunities and they don't start looking elsewhere for those opportunities or perhaps you know they really want to be part of the business for the long term and so you you could think about offering them employee stock ownership programs, you know, they can be a really, really great retention tool for the long term. So I've given you lots and lots of ideas here about um, retention and what's important and what you should be thinking about when it comes to retention and why people stay and why people go and at the heart of it, you know, I, th- I hope that you take home the message that We're all different and we're all motivated by different things, but at the heart of it, we do all have these needs which are relatively um, consistent for all of us and they are linked to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So starting at the bottom of the pyramid about physiological and security needs, moving up into uh, belonging, A sense of achievement and that self-actualization so reaching your potential and then right at the top which isn't even talked about in the pyramid but um, something i know tony robbins talks about in his needs is that sense of meaning and purpose so because there's so many things to think about how do you keep on track of how you're going in all these areas you wanna do an engagement survey. It's just your five minute quick and easy cheat sheet to understanding where you should be investing your time and energy and efforts into increasing retention in your workforce. So do an engagement survey, reach out to me at hello at emmacampbell.com.au and I can help you get set up with a free one just to trial that out for your workplace. And then I guess the other couple of tips that i would want to share there is um you want to make sure that you're holding on to employees that are the right people for your organization in the first place so spend a good chunk and i'll do i'll do a podcast episode on recruitment and you know finding the right people for your team as well but essentially you want to make sure that you're finding the right people in the first place for your team so you want to be hiring for cultural and values alignment as well as like vision and purpose alignment so someone that you know believes the same things as you and um believe yeah just uh i guess like in terms of like vision and purpose that they they believe in the same dreams and visions and goals and get excited by those things as well um so you want to find the right person and then you want to make sure that you're on in the right way to to set them up for success um so taking into account like a human needs perspective to onboarding so you don't want to just be throwing them into the work straight away you want to be making sure that they feel really safe and that they've got all their their physiological human needs met and that they have that sense of belonging and connection and that they've got the relationships in place before they jump into trying to achieve their goals and achieve their role. And if you approach onboarding from that perspective of realizing that they're a human being that needs to feel really safe before they can achieve their job, that that's when you're going to get the best out of them at the heart of it. So engagement survey bring on the right person and them in the right way and do an enneagram survey with them so find out what motivates them individually at their core or ask them have a one-to-one with them and ask them you know what what matters most to you at the end of the day what what lights you up what motivates you and start those conversations and it's amazing what you can learn from that place i really hope this was helpful it's been great talking to you today i hope that these retention tips help you hold on to those amazing team members That are part of your incredible organization and you know the longer that you get to hold on to them and the better the work they do the better results that your workplace is going to see as well sending lots of love and light have the best day Jumping in here quickly to share that the leadership styles quiz is now live. So if you're not one of the hundreds of leaders who have already discovered their unique leadership style, strengths and blind spots, then you'll want to jump into the show notes to access this quiz right now. This quiz is for small business leaders, CEOs, business owners, entrepreneurs, team leaders, coaches and consultants ready to find out what their unique zone of brilliance is as a leader, where they can truly shine and where they can have the greatest impact with their teams. It even dives into how your sh- your childhood shapes the leader that you are today. This quiz goes deep to uncover your leadership personality, your unique leadership gifts superpowers and strengths your blind spots so those things that are holding you back and you don't even realize that they're holding you back and how your childhood shaped the leader you are today it only takes three minutes link is in the show notes below enjoy